0: Hello, I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, dairy specialist James Dunn reflects on the impact of recent growth rates on the bulk of silage crops and whether farmers should consider the merits of delaying cutting compared to the normal cutting date. And first, James quantifies the silage requirements for dairy herds.
1: Yes, Emily. So I look at, I suppose, the, the, the first important point is really to determine the quality and quantity, as you rightly pointed out, of silage required. It'll differ somewhat on farms, but in the majority, spring calf and dairy herds will require about um, 0.8 of a ton dry matter per cow of 68 DMD silage for that dry cow period. But something that's often forgot about, the remainder of the silage should be high quality, 72 DMT plus. And this means on the majority of farms, at least 50% of total silage required um, will need to be of high quality when young stock are actually factored in.
0: And that high quality, James, you're talking about for young stock. Can you quantify the quantity that you would feed, say, a yearling and an in-calf heifer?
1: Yep, so look at um, the in-calf heifer, you're looking at about 1.2 tonne requirement, and the yearling something in the region of 0.8 of a tonne. And,
0: and as you say, uh, James, you know, you're looking at the high quality silage is for our in-calf heifer, or yearling and also then, uh, you know, something that we might forget about would be the lactating dairy cow and I am Joe Patton mentioned recently in an interview that um, you know as quotas were removed the opportunity was there to increase lactation length so cows are up to 300 days in milk now and you know to factor in some silage into that um, time of year you know particularly in late lactation moving into late November and into December but also a couple of days and a couple of kilos of grass in early lactation could you quantify how much grass silage a cow will need during lactation?
1: Yep. So um, to take Valley Hayes as an example, um, there's a requirement there, I suppose, year on year of 1.4 ton of dry matter um, silage required on a per cow basis. And of that, the target in Valley is to make the half of that in high quality silage. 72 DMD plus, but actually if we can make it at 74, 75 DMD, um, all the better. I suppose, Emma-Louise, um, the ratio will, will differ somewhat on farms depending on where they're located, depending on stocking rate. And we've seen from the heavy soils program, where actually um, 60 to 65% of that silage requirement needs to be high quality silage for the lactating cow, maybe where ground conditions don't allow grazing at certain times in the shoulders.
0: And if we then move on and look at the current situation on farms, James, like, you know, huge variety across the country. But I guess there is a narrative um, over the last number of weeks that the yield just simply isn't there, given that we've had a cold spell and we haven't been able to achieve that bulk in silage crops. Um, can you give us insight to what you're aware of, I guess, in, in your part of the country and also a- across the country?
1: Yeah. So to put things in, into perspective, I suppose, I looked at the growth rates in both Moor Park and Ballyhays. uh there the spring versus the 10-year average. So right up until nearly the 20th of April, growth rates were where you would actually expect when you compare, compare it to the 10-year average. The real differences, I suppose, have come from that kind of 20th of April period up until and including the 10th of May. Um, so a 20-day period where growth rates in Chagas Park were running about 20 kilos of dry, ma- dry matter a hectare uh, behind on a daily basis and roughly 10 kilos of dry matter behind, per hectare behind in Ballyhays. I suppose peak growth is usually a little bit later in Ballyhays. Um, but this equates to roughly two, somewhere between two and 400 kilos of dry matter per hectare. I suppose what we want to get across, Emma-Louise, is that these differences can be made up in, in, in a three- or four-day period come mid to late May. So in terms of the idea, we don't want farmers, I suppose, sacrificing quality um, uh, to delay, I suppose, cutting it in terms of um, looking for extra bulk in their crops.
0: So so to take that a step further then, James, um, I mean, you know, a lot of people would have a similar cutting date every year. So could you give us, um, I guess, your message on cutting date? Um, you mentioned that, you know, we have opportunity to make up that difference within a very short period of time. So therefore, should farmers consider delaying cutting or stick to their standard date?
1: Look, at, we've we've highlighted the importance of, of high quality silage and grass growth stage at harvest. I suppose is the most important factor in deciding silage quality. So, once seed heads start to appear, usually, and usually in early June, um, DMD will be kind of seventy DMD at best, um, and it'll drop off by three points um, every week. Lodge crops probably with dead material at the base will have three to 4% lower DMD still. So the main step to, I suppose, ensuring we've high quality um, silage is cutting from that kind of mid to late May. And I suppose something that comes up, Emma, Louise, a lot is in terms of, um, you know, letting that first crop bulk up, as you right, rightly point out, but actually using kind of this one big first cut approach actually makes silage, it increases the chance of fodder shortages in the fact that second cut yields are usually reduced and annual grass production is reduced by pushing this first cut into mid-June. So what we're really doing is we're hitting on silage quality, but we're also, I suppose, robbing that gain from our second cut crops. So there's no additional benefit to leaving our first cut cotton days into early or mid June
0: we will come back to that, James, because I think this the second cut is important and, and we might discuss that further. But as you say, if you delay your first cut um, to a later date than normal, you are going to achieve a greater bulk. But it is potentially at the risk of overall solid production for the year. And you're also going to have a knock on effect um, in a negative way on quality. But if we take a step forward, um, you know, in early June, we'll have the pit in the yard we have a fair idea of the quantity of silage in the yard at that point. What can farmers do then, um, I suppose, to quantify what they have there and what the, what is the balance that they require for the coming winter?
1: Absolutely, Emma-Louise. And, and look, we have to acknowledge that some farmers have had to graze um, graze ground that has been closed up for silage. But when we speak to... a, a spoken recently to a number of farmers who would historically um, cut in early May, yields are back something in the region to seven or 8%. So once first cut crops have been harvested, I think the most important point to do there is to to work out a simple feed budget in terms of requirement for the farm. And if there is, Deficits identified that that farmer works in conjunction with their advisor in terms of putting a plan in place, Emma Louise, let that be for second cut crops and possibly even a third cut crop Um, in terms of the plans required to ensure that deficits are closed throughout the remainder of the of the yearly period.
0: And I guess the father budget is something that farmers can do every year. And, you know, the routine of it makes, um, I, guess, I suppose, gives farmers confidence that they have enough feed in the yard. Um, something probably that farmers should also keep in mind, um, you know, a comment I've heard regularly this year was given that the spring was difficult and there was more wet days than farmers might, n- might necessarily be used to in February and into early March. There is less reserve in the yard from this spring compared with um, some other years. So, you know, there might be a little bit of the reserve needs to be um, needs to be filled again. Um, if, if we move on then, James, to I guess on the day or on the week that you're going to cut your silage, can you give us some tips or guidelines into the decision-making around cutting day, time, um, the quality of the crop? You know, what are we to look for here?
1: Absolutely. And I think coming back to your point, Emma-Louise, on the feed budget, the most important point about that is completing it early in the year so steps can be taken. So we'd urge farmers to complete a fodder budget early in the year so that the appropriate steps can be taken. In terms I suppose, in terms of um, what farmers should be looking out for uh, to decide on cutting date, and something that comes up a lot, I suppose, and a common reason for delaying uh, cutting date is the concern around nitrogen in the crop. And look at a useful guide for fertilizer N is that grass uses something in the region of 2.5 kilos of N or two units a day. However, if weather conditions are suitable for cotton, really look at test the grass crop for sugars rather than sticking rigidly to that two unit rule because the crop can be safely harvested sooner if uh, cotton conditions are adequate. Look at Emma-Louise in terms of uh, testing for sugar content and um, advisory services offers this service, but it's quite easily to complete at home using a refractometer. And what we're looking to do is measure the percentage of sugar in the crop. And if sugars are over 3%, then the crop will ensile readily. Between two and 3%, wilting will be beneficial, kind of a 24 hour wilt will be beneficial to increase the sugar content. And I suppose while below two percent, you're probably looking at the requirement of an additive and uh, in, to ensure ensiling um, uh, completes properly.
0: And I guess, as you say, um, the the chagas chagas are available to help with those tests, but also it is something that can be done at home. Taking a step forward, then James, and you know, taking your advice and comments on board. Um, for a farmer who will cut their silage, say on the twenty fifth of May, what are the next steps um after cutting um in terms of fertilizer applications ahead of second cut, and also then what is the appropriate date for second cut um if we take maybe the ten year average and weather and you know normal or near normal growth rates?
1: Yep. So look, I suppose the advantage of of that kind of cut in mid to late May is. Um, there's an opportunity to make that kind of cost-effective second cut in July. Um, ideally, we take the opportunity um, to capitalize, um, and the reason it's cost-effective is we're capitalizing on that high growth rate period. And if we have the opportunity to cut our second cuts in July, we can um, look at the opportunity of possibly taking a third cut um, afterwards. Where we push cutting date out to mid-June um, second cuts usually run later in the year Emma-Louise. Crops usually aren't as good because that high growth period is um, reducing and the opportunity I suppose to take a, an additional extra cut um, reduces. So I suppose really speak to your advisor um, when you're completing the feed budget around a proper fertilizer plan for Uh, second cut silage with the ideal cutting date sometime in the mid to second half of July.
0: And I guess, you know, um, talking around our first and second cut, I think, James, some of the points you've touched on are really important. It's being aware of what you actually require on the farm and also then the quality of silage that you require. And your point on not delaying your first cut, you know, maybe the difference between a high quality silage that is going to drive growth rates in our younger stock and also will support production in uh, lactating cows, you know, it it might be the difference between, you know, achieving that and, you know, and not. I think a final point, um you know with within the silage is health and safety and you know it's something that um you know we often talk about but sometimes it is forgotten too and i think particularly you know with the big machines it's very attractive for um the younger um the younger generation of farmers and also then with the silage pits people are working from a height so you know they are um i guess areas that we need to be conscious of over the coming weeks and months um you know during silage cutting um you know it's 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 a it's an exciting time of year, but make sure that, um, you know, it, 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 no, nothing detrimental happens at the same time. Thank you, James.
1: Thanks a million. I'm
0: That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to James Dunn for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.